Blog Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Well, hi there, and welcome to the Speedway Show. Our topic today is cross-cultural dating. If you are one of those people who think there's no difference between, say, Africans and African Americans, because why they both have African in them and don't they look alike anyway, uh, you will find this show educational. Americans and Asians, Chinese and Japanese, Puerto Ricans and Mexicans, even when people look the same, sometimes the cultural differences can be stark. In this show, we will focus on the kinds of cultural differences encountered when one partner is African and the other one is, say, oh, um, Canadian. We're going to find out today with my longtime friend and beloved guest, Wadzanai Pether. Wadzi is one of my oldest friends on the whole wide world. We have been buddies for more than 30 years across several continents through marriage, divorce, children, how many is that, one, two, three children, and um, lots of other things. It is my absolute delight and privilege to welcome my dear high school buddy, Wadzi Molife. Well, actually, I'm so wrong. Wadzi Pether, because you recently got married. Wadzi, welcome to the Speedway Show. Oh, thank you so much, Stuart. It's such an honor to be a guest on your show, and I'm just absolutely thrilled to be on your show today. Good deal. So I'm going to ask you uh, what will sound like a silly question coming from me, because I know, but for the benefit of our audience, first of all, where are you from? Well, Stuart, I am originally from Zimbabwe, and um, I guess for the benefit of our listeners, I usually expand and tell people who ask me, well, where is Zimbabwe? And Mm -hmm. it's in Southern Africa, yes, and I usually tell them it's right above South Africa, and it also borders Mozambique, Zambia, and Botswana. Oh, hey, did I mention, I don't know if I told you, I get to actually go there for Christmas, so I'm very much looking forward to being home. Oh, lucky you. Bring back some sunshine, please. Mm, yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't we need it? Because right now you live in Canada, yeah? Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, so between sunshine. Canada and Minnesota, we are direly in need of some sunshine. Absolutely. So now, uh, since we're talking about Zimbabwe, I'll ask you the other question that most people ask me when they meet me for the first time, which is, so what does your name mean? Well, what the Nai actually means to be united. Um, so when my parents had me, I'm the only girl in my family, and uh, they just decided on Wadzanai, and uh, I guess they just thought that was the appropriate name. <laughs> well, and it's a beautiful name at that. <laughs> so you. now you and I used to run in the same neighborhood when we were in high school, right? Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, we had and... a little group, didn't we? Five of us. Yes, 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 yes. And it was called? Sokomobosby. <laughs> Which stood for? For Sonia, Carmelo, Molly, Barbara, and Speeway. And Molly would be you. 
But actually, Wazi is your first name, right? And then Molly is your middle name. That's right, exactly. Okay. As I was about to say, I really hope I got that right, because that's what I thought for like 30 years, so I was going to be just stunned and shocked if you said, no, actually, it's the other way around. <laughs> oh, no, you had it right all along. <laughs> so now, since Zimbabwe, though, you have lived in several countries. Tell us where. Mm, yes. So after leaving um, Zimbabwe, after doing my A-levels, I actually moved to the U.K. I lived in England, and specifically Nottingham. And then after that, I moved to the United States, and um, I lived in several states, including Iowa, uh, Maryland, Washington, D.C., and um, currently I'm based in Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about dating. Since you've lived on several continents, I am hoping that you can confirm that you have dated men from different cultures and obviously different races. Yes? Uh, yes, I think we can say that I've had the opportunity to um, date <laughs> men from different cultures and different races. Excellent. So I picked the U.S. since most of our listeners are in the U.S. for, for the statistics I'm about to rattle off. According to the U.S. 2000 census, almost 51% of the U.S. population was female, with men comprising 49%. 75% of the population was white, and 12.3% of the population was black. We hear laments from single women that there aren't enough men, and then from black women that there aren't enough good black men. Did any of that influence your decision to date outside your race? Mm, yes, yes. Actually, those are pretty startling statistics and definitely sound about right. And mm-hmm. uh, working in the healthcare profession, I, I certainly found that there was a limited pool of professional black men that one, you know, could date. And I think um, certainly this did influence my decision to date outside of my race. I decided to sort of like look outside of the box, so to speak. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think it was actually a pretty good decision. Well, I guess so. (laughs) We'll get to that in a minute. So... Um, Let's start with Africans versus African Americans. You know, I have heard this question over and over again. Most people uh, uh, assume that there is no difference between us. Did you find the cultural differences between you and African Americans um, that surprised you or were notable? Uh, Yes, yes, actually I did. in dating an African-American uh, man, yeah, there was one. Actually, we had a relationship. We were together for about 10 years, sort of like on and off. Uh, really? But what I did find, yeah, <laughs> between... I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> this must have been the time where we talked to, to each other like once every so many decades. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, um, again, you know, this is just sort of like my opinion, so I'm not just trying to sort of like put a general stereotype on all African men and all, you know, African-American men. But um, what I did find is that with the African Ameri- um, African-American men was I didn't feel the sense of uh, family-oriented as much as the African men. Um, I didn't feel as if there was sort of like the family unity going on. As compared to, say, 
African American uh, as compared to sorry, the African men that I had dated. Uh-huh. Um so I found that a little bit disconcerting, you know, you know, someone tells you, Oh yes, I haven't spoken to my sister in five years and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness in our culture oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, so you know, we're so close and in fact in the African culture, cousins we even consider as our brothers and sisters. We don't even have a word for the word cousin in uh, in our in Shona. We call them brother or sister. And uh, another, yes, yes, and that is that is so very true because you know when I'm in the U.S., I I talk about oh yes you know my sister is visiting and oh I'm going to call my brother and people look at me and I I think sometimes they think wow she's got a really big family (laughs) and we're not really related. (laughs) It's like yeah yeah it's a different kind of thing, but I think we digress. Keep going, keep going. Yes, yes, absolutely, that's right. And then also another difference that I found was that with the African-American men, there was sort of like more of an emphasis on material achievements, like the brand new car, but could they really afford it? The suits, you know, the Gucci suits, the money suits, which was sort of like more of a show. But Mm -hmm. we're supposed to, I think, with the African men, because of that, uh, deep family commitment, you know that you're still taking care of, you know, mom and dad. Um, so there's more of a goal emphasis that I found, and there was more of a planning for the future in a methodical manner. At least, you know, like I said, again, this is just in my view. That's very interesting. But, you know, here's a question I will ask you, because I have noticed when you talk about that family orientation, Mm-hmm. I have noticed, and tell me if you have noticed this too. I'm not sure if it's a, if it's an African American thing, or if it is just an American cultural thing. Because I notice, for example, at Christmas time, especially around the holidays, yes. you hear, um, you know, even commercials where people are kind of joking about the fact that, oh, you're going to have to spend time with your in-laws and, you know, that mother-in-law. And there's almost this inherent expectation that you're going to dislike your in-laws and you're going to dislike your parents even. And you're not going to perhaps like all your siblings all that much. And um, so I wonder if you found, when you lived in the U.S., I don't know if Canada is anything like this, but I've always found that to be really kind of surprising because, as you said, in our culture, you 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 presume that you're going to love your in-laws and you're going yeah. to love your sister-in-law and your brother-in-law because it's they're going to be your family. And right. we're going to be a unit and we're going to be one and we're going to get along. And it's just like getting along with anybody else in your primary family. So there isn't this idea that, you know, I'm 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 expecting to dislike my family. So did you find that outside of the African American men that you dated on a broader scale, or was it more noticeable when you were dating African American men? I think it actually was more noticeable in the African uh, American men. And I don't know, again, if perhaps this is because of the fractured family structure um, that I found to be more prevalent in the African-American men 
as opposed to, say, the white men. But you're absolutely right. You know, there was a sense of, oh, it's Christmas time or, oh, it's Thanksgiving time. We have to make that trip. You know, we have to be with the family at least once a year, whereas opposed to our culture, you look forward to that. In fact, you don't even have to have a special occasion. You just drive up and visit your relatives, and everyone welcomes you with open arms. So, but however, answering your question, I think I found it more prevalent in the African-American um, men as opposed mm-hmm. to, say, just the general population. When you lived in the U.K., did you have any observations there? Uh, well, while I was living in the U.K., now, in terms of dating, I, I was not actually dating at that time. Um, As I was sort of like focused on studying college and, you know, I just finished my A-levels and I was thinking of, you know, making future plans. So I didn't really have an opportunity to date, but I did go out, though, with my cousins and and their friends as a group. And I did sort of like observe uh, my cousins who were dating, um, you know, say the British men. Um, And what did you observe? Yeah, and actually with the British men, what I found is that um, I felt as if they actually had a closer sense of family that we have in our culture, as opposed to, say, the Africa, uh, the African-American men, or maybe even, say, American men in general. But I did find that the British men, there was that sense of family, there was that closeness, uh, close-knit family ties, which I found, you know, very heartwarming and quite refreshing, really. So between white Americans and white Canadians, Mm -hmm. have there been any differences that you've noticed? I think for the most part, just to say as individuals themselves, there have not been too many differences. Um, But something that I actually found interesting is the environment. Because in dating a white man in the States, I actually felt very uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable because of the people around us. I would get glares. People really? Would, yes, yes. Uh, people would stare disapprovingly, and not just white people, black people too. Oh. Um, so I found it rather uncomfortable, and I found myself looking around more often and not enjoying going out. Whereas opposed to in Canada, it's completely the opposite. I find I'm, yes, I'm very much at home. People are not judgmental at all. They don't, you know, raise any eyebrows or stare at you. It's almost the norm, so to speak. So I actually sometimes even forget that I'm in an interracial relationship completely sometimes. It's that comfortable. So, I so think, when you live yeah. here, when you describe that discomfort, what state did you live in, or were there in more than I- one? And yes, yes. So in Iowa, so the experience I think that I had in Iowa was a little bit more extreme, being in the Midwest, um, and specifically being in the small town that I was in, where they actually mm-hmm. used to advertise um, to recruit for the KKK. Uh, no way! <laughs> yes. No way! I am shocked. <laughs> well, no wonder they were looking at you. <laughs> they were like, "Geez." Did you not see the ads? <laughs> you must not be from around here. <laughs> yes, I think they know 
noticed I really was not from Iowa. <laughs> wow. Okay, so where in Iowa did you live? Cedar Rapids. Okay. Was, yeah, so, Cedar note to all interracial couples, do not go to Cedar Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so it was very uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, sometimes we'd get people throwing water balloons at us and calling oh. names. Yeah, it, it no was just, way. It was surreal. It was absolutely surreal, and I I would wonder what century we were living in. Um, so it was very bizarre, extremely bizarre, and I can certainly say that I have not experienced anything like that in Canada at all. That's really horrible. Mm-hmm. So, but 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 you know what? I do I do have to say I think that some of that, and you know I talked about this with. Um, uh, I had previous guests, uh, Ter- uh, Terrence and Jolanda Brandon, who are married, and, and, and she's white and he's black, and they, they met in Ohio. And then they, they moved and they lived in Minnesota now. And one of the things that they talked about was how differently the re- how different the reception was between one state and the other. And oh. so, yeah, and so when you talk about that that experience, you know, one of the things that I've observed about living in Minnesota is it's probably the one place I remember when, when my now ex-husband and I moved here. He's black, I'm black. But, boy, when we went to the Mall of America for the first time, we were amazed at all the interracial couples. And, you know, you notice it when you're coming from, because we moved from, guess where, Iowa. <laughs> so we're walking around going, wow. And we lived in Pella, Iowa, and they were really nice to us. And maybe it was because, you know, we were both black. I don't know. <laughs> but... I remember thinking Minnesota was, you know, we thought it was so progressive here because there were so many interracial couples. And to this day, I have to say, having dated Caucasian men and living in Minnesota, first time I did it, I had an attitude because I was waiting to stare down all those people who were going to be staring at me. (laughs) And nobody looked. Nobody seemed to care. And I thought, oh, okay. So it, it, it does seem to be state-specific, whereas, you know, but of course, you know, we don't have people recruiting for the Ku Klux Klan on, and advertising it in, in Minnesota, though, so it's a little different. So that's interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So now you are in Canada, and you recently celebrated a really big day. So tell us about that. Ah, uh, Yes. I recently um, got married this past summer to the love of my life, and um, it was a fabulous day. And I think the stars just yay! <laughs> yes, yes, I like the applause. I like the applause. <laughs> well, that's how I felt, but I thought bringing a crowd might be more effective. <laughs> yes, going away. Um, it, it was a fabulous day, and I think, you know, the stars were just aligned right for us. Uh, the weather was mm-hmm. wonderful, and for the most part, everything went as we had planned, and really we couldn't have been happier. So your your hubby, what's his name? Ah, his name is uh, Timothy, or Tim, as I usually call him. And um, actually, his middle name is Thomas, which is my dad's first name, which I thought was quite hilarious, and... Uh, Sometimes wonder what the Freudian school of thought would say about that one. Isn't that interesting? Yes, very interesting. Yeah, when he told me what his middle name was, I was like, "Oh my, okay then." So maybe Freud was onto something. 
<laughs> so his name is Tim Tom Tether. Are you right? <laughs> There's just something musical about that. <laughs> and where is Tim from? So Tim is from Port Elgin in Canada. It's a gorgeous beach town up north of Ontario, and um, it's, it's it's really pretty. Hmm. So you are black? Yes, I am black. He's white? Yep, Tim is white. Two different cultures. Uh, yep, two extremely different cultures, one African, one white Canadian. Mm-hmm. So how long was it before Tim proposed? Well, it was uh, probably about two years into our dating before mm-hmm. Tim proposed to me. So, I mean, you know, we'd actually started talking about marriage and future plans not too long after we met. But still, when he actually did propose, it was really a wonderful surprise to me. So it was Aww. nice. So what about the families? How did your families feel about the cross-cultural and cross-racial marriage? Mm -hmm. So, well, I mean, with Tim's parents and his sisters, he's the only boy, uh, and his sisters and their husbands and their children, I mean, they just were all immediately accepting of me uh, when I first met them. And, you know, they just really went out of their way to make sure that I was comfortable and they were just really great hosts to me. As for my parents, uh, they were very accepting of our relationship. And I think it's because in our family, and not just talking nuclear family, but there are a lot of interracial marriages and couples. Uh, In fact, I have a very beautiful Swedish um, sister-in-law who's been with my brother for many years, and they've been married for um, just over 15 years now. So being with Tim, being with a white man, did not raise too many obstacles with my family. Well, this is good. Mm-hmm, I don't know for if sure. I I don't know if you remember this. This might this might crack you up because it certainly made me laugh at the time. But you know, in my family, the the men, in particular, uh, the patriarchs of the family, my dad's generation and his brothers and you know the uncles and the great uncles, very conservative, very conservative. And so I had a cousin once upon a time, Tongai, who um, told his mom that he was coming home. He lived in he lived in the UK at the time, and he was bringing a friend, right? So you know, auntie's all excited. Oh, you know, my son's coming home. My son's coming home, right? And everybody's oh, he's bringing a friend. Nobody really thought too much about it. So not only does he bring home a friend, but it turns out that the friend was like this platinum blonde, blue eyed girl. And oh, the shock when he got home. (laughs) And so all of us cousins are just kind of waiting to see how this is going to go, right? Because it's sort of going to set the tone for how well the rest of us will survive this if we we do should come home with a friend (laughs) like his. And um, it was it was really quite funny because you know we're we're all sort of waiting for him to be killed by by the dad and the great uncles and the the patriarchs and all of them and they you know and I think they actually had a meeting to talk about it and oh. Um, so oh yes yes it was it was it was unheard of and um, so all of us you know all of the cousins are kind of like giggling in the bushes going hee let's see how this goes and so <laughs> but he survived it though. And um, all of us then felt like, oh, this is great, because now that he has done that, uh, then he sort of, you know, 
uh, he got over the shock factor for the rest of us, and so we all felt, you know, a little bit freer <laughs> to date whoever we wanted. <laughs> well, and, uh, good he, for him. Oh, he was brave, honey. He was brave. And he actually, yeah. eventually, he married a, a lady. Um, I've, I haven't met her because I haven't seen him in decades, but he married a Persian woman. And it was kind of cute because they met in, um, you know, where did they meet? They they met somewhere out there, Iran or someplace. And, but they got married in Greece. And now they oh. live in Rwanda. And it's like, oh, wow, you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. That's International citizen. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, oh. but we digress. One of the things that um, I found, you know, really surprised me because I was married to an African-American gentleman. And one of the things that surprised me was how much our cultural differences influenced the expectations we had going into and about the marriage. So even things like, you know, the relationship with the in-laws, I had this idea that I was going to love my in-laws, and and so I did. And that certainly inured to the benefit of, I think, everybody's relationship because and and he was very nice to my to my parents and so that was that was a good thing yeah. but um i i was a bit surprised at you know just when you talk about the the different values that you have because of how you were raised and the different ways that you look at things and think of things and and because it's your culture you just don't even talk about it mm-hmm. and then until you know the day you sort of run into a glitch and just sort of looking at each other going well i thought you were going to do this well I thought you were going to do that. Well, why would you do that? Well, because that's just the way we do things. And you're like, no, it's not. It's a cultural difference. Right. So now, now that you're married to a Canadian, mm-hmm. have there been cultural or other differences that have struck you that you've had to address? Um, well, you know, I think for the most part, being married to a white um, Canadian man has actually been to my advantage. Really? Uh, How so? Yes. <laughs> it, well, you know, in, a, in the African culture, in our culture specifically, women mm-hmm. are supposed to be the ones who look after the house, who do the yeah. cooking, the cleaning, laundry. The dusting. Oh, yeah. That's right. Looking after the children. The ironing. I, oh, Everything you name it, we the feeding of the in-laws, <laughs> exactly <laughs> everything. Yeah, we supposed to be you know glued to the stove and the kitchen sink and just cooking and cleaning the whole time that they're around. But yes. I found the exact opposite, and I'll I'll give you um, a little incident of what happened. So mm-hmm. at the very first Thanksgiving that we went over to Tim's parents' house, um, you know, went over to their house and. His dad was in the kitchen, and I was wondering, oh, you know, what is he doing in there? So, you know, I walked over <laughs> <laughs> And he's busy with the turkey and with the potatoes, and and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm supposed to be doing this, right? So I'm yeah. running around in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, oh, you know, where do you want me to hold? What do you want me to do? He, he kind of, like, looks at me, takes my hand, seats me down at the chair by the table there, Pulls me a glass of wine. He says, relax, honey. I've got this. And Wow. Yes. I was stunned into silence, really, for a few minutes. <laughs> so I drank like, my wine. 
um, I think it sort of like helps us along so that we're not too surprised when something does happen so that, you know, we're not just looking at each other thinking, okay, now what? Who who does what? We sort of like have that aligned, like, okay, if this happens, you take care of it. And um, and I think also even just in terms of family relationships, you know, sort of like if there's an issue with, with the family, depending on which side of the family it is, if it's his family, he's the one who takes care of it. If it's my family, then I would be the one who would take care of it and, you know, not sort of like cross-pollinate that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so to women out there who are thinking about dating outside their race or their culture, because, um, you know, what I have found, and I've said this on, on previous shows where we've talked about, you know, similar topics, that actually what I have found is it's not the race that makes the difference, it's the culture. So if you are an African woman and you are dating an African-American man or vice versa, what what sets you apart is not obviously the color of your skin, but it is the culture that you grew up in. And I found that to be true also if I'm dating a Caucasian man, that it's not the color of the skin that makes the difference. It is the culture in which he was raised. And one might also actually make the argument that even if you're dating, because you know what, the truth is, let me see. I in my adult life, because I was I was here in the US, I actually I've never dated an African man. So um I can extrapolate and guess <laughs> that perhaps <laughs> even if I dated an African man, I you know, it might be different depending on you know, whether he was Zimbabwean or whether he was Nigerian or South African and and depending on what tribe he was from, even if he was Zimbabwean, you know, we may still have some different practices. So mm-hmm. it, it always seems to me that the difference really is the culture and culture is really whatever the environment was that you grew up in. So for women out there who are thinking about dating outside their race or their culture or for men out there who are thinking about it, what advice would you give? Mm-hmm. No, definitely. So to women and men out there who are thinking of perhaps, you know, giving it a try to date outside of their race and culture, I say go for it. Absolutely. It's not, a, you know, as you alluded to, it's not the skin color of a person that makes the person. It's the essence and the soul of the person that makes the person. Um, and especially for, you know, us professional black people, both men and women, there is a limited pool and it goes both ways. So there may be, you know, less uh, professional black men. So I think for sure, absolutely, you know, give it a try. Open up your eyes and your pool and there's a whole array of potential dates out there and people that you can meet and you'll just never know who your soulmate is or in what culture you'll meet that person or in what skin shade that person is in. So just go for it, you know, live, you live once, absolutely go for it. Well, good. Uh, and I must say, I I, I have to uh, give my listeners a uh, confession that actually for all those, you know, interested questions about your wedding I was there. Not only was I was <laughs> not only was I there, I was in the wedding and it was a beautiful event. And that sister in law, that Swedish sister in law of yours, do I remember was she a model or does she just look like one? She just looks like one. She really is gorgeous, isn't she? She is. Wow. She was I was like, go ahead on, Victor. <laughs> look at you. <laughs> oh my <laughs> 
and Tim's family is also very gracious. I met them. Well, actually, yeah. both. It was the wedding day, right? And the and the day after, they're very nice people. So you yeah. certainly married into a very lovely family, and Tim is just so handsome and so nice and so pleasant. So congratulations to you on your marriage. I am so happy for you, and may it bring you both many, many, many years of joy and, you know, in 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 of course since we're two African women I must say you know you can go ahead and create you know a soccer field of children <laughs> may your womb be blessed <laughs> and productive still <laughs> I will take that <laughs> Well Wendy thank you so much for visiting with us on the show today No oh, thank you so much Theo it's been an absolute pleasure Listeners, thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show today. Visit the posting for the show for articles, tips, recommended books, and related shows that we have done in the past if you are particularly curious about this particular topic. And uh, this brings us to the end of our show today. So this is Speedway signing off saying go in peace and be open to new opportunities. Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle thespeedwayshow. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.